<clears throat> Good afternoon. <clears throat> it's wonderful to see everyone here. We thank you so much for being here with us this afternoon. I don't particularly see any, any visitors with us this afternoon, but we thank you so much for being here, making the choice and the decision to be here to, to, to study God's Word. And, and I'm very blessed and excited to have the opportunity to stand before you this afternoon and, and bring you a portion from God's Word. I hope that you'll be edified and blessed by the things that we talk about this afternoon and that you may possibly take some things that you can use and not only apply in your lives, but that you can help teach others about Jesus Christ this, this afternoon. I hope the things that we study will be a benefit to you as much as they have been a benefit to me. <clears throat> I have some of the verses up here on the board, but there's going to be a couple times where we're going to go through the Bible we're going to read together, so I encourage you to have a Bible there handy if you have one that you brought with you or one in the pew that we are going to be turning to those scriptures as we read and we study to get, uh, 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 together this afternoon. What I want us to study on is Receive Thy Sight, a study of blind Bartimaeus. And many of you may already know this story of blind <clears throat> Bartimaeus. It's found in the scriptures three times. We're going to study out of two. We're going to study out of the book of Mark and out of the book of Luke as well. We're going to read both those accounts. And I want us to study this blind beggar and how he acts and, and, and some of the things that he says when he encounters Jesus Christ there as, as we go through and we read that story. What can we learn from, our, from blind Bartimaeus here this afternoon. If you, if you would, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 10. <clears throat> Mark chapter 10, we're going to be beginning in verse 46. And as soon as we read this account in Mark, we're going to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 18 as well. Read both of those accounts back to back. But beginning <clears throat> in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. <clears throat> And the Bible says, And they came to, to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, a blind Bartimaeus, the son of, of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that, he, that it was Jesus of, of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Please turn with me to Luke chapter 18. <clears throat> Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 35. <clears throat> Luke chapter 18, verse 35, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much, or he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. So in both of these accounts, I want us to kind of mesh these together, so to speak. We want to think about the account in Mark as well as think about the account in Luke. That they are obviously the same story, but there's a few different verses. A few things that were spoken on in one not spoken on in the other. So think of the story entirely as a whole. Mesh Mark and Luke together there. The first thing is living in darkness. And I want us to think about this blind beggar for the moment, living in darkness as if he's, li- as, as if he's living in sin, kind of figurative, figurative, figuratively. He's not necessarily doesn't say that he's living in sin, but for us today, there's many times that we are blind beggars. There are many people on this earth that are living in sin. They're living in darkness, and I think this can be represented here by this blind beggar. And it says here, and a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. First Peter chapter 2 Verse 9, the Bible says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So we're talking about mercy here as well, because the blind man asks Jesus Christ, he says, have mercy on me. And here, here the Bible t- tells us, it's speaking of us, that we are that chosen generation. We are that real pre- royal priesthood. We are the holy nation. We are the peculiar people. And we were in darkness. And it says here that he hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that's what's happening in this story. This man is living in darkness. He's blind. And Jesus calls him, says, come to me. And he brings him out. He brings him that marvelous light. And I'm sure if someone was blind, and they were able to see what a marvelous light that would be. And it's the same for us today, especially in our spiritual blindness. If you are spiritually blind and you receive that sight as many of us have, you understand this is a marvelous light. So think of that blind beggar living in darkness and, and think of it as someone living in sin as well. What's going on? <clears throat> and I'm not throwing out a song lyric. But what exactly is going on here? There's a blind beggar, and this man's name is Bartimaeus. I'm assuming he sat by this particular spot all the time. That as Jesus was going on the road to Jericho, and many times whenever Jesus was traveling, there was a lot of people with him. There were people everywhere with him, so much that sometimes Jesus had to take a break, go out somewhere by himself and pray, take some time off, so to speak. But there was always a throng. There was always a press when someone knew that Jesus was coming. We read many accounts where people know that Jesus is coming to town, and you just can't hardly get to him. So this blind beggar cannot see, but he hears that commotion. But he doesn't know what, what, what's going on. And it's like if you happen to pull up on the band marching, and you don't know that it's homecoming, and you see this big band marching and playing, you can hear these things. You can hear all those people chanting or whatever they're doing, and you say, what's going on? And then someone might say, uh, it's homecoming. Go harvesters, you know, you didn't know. So that's the same thing with this blind man. He heard the press of people. He heard the commotion. So then he asked, 
what's going on. So how did the blind man know that Jesus was coming? You know, there's many times that it may not be these exact words, and this may have happened to you in your life, but there's many times that people may say, Caleb, you know, you are different. You have changed. You, Ian, you, Nathan, you're not the same person. Something is going on. What's going on? I see you at this place three or four times a week. You guys are making all this singing and all this noise, and I hear people speaking extremely loudly. I was thinking of a particular person. I hear this preaching and things of that nature, and they're asking, what's going on? What is all this commotion? And have you ever told someone, well, Jesus is coming? That's what's going on for this blind man right now. He hears this commotion, and what was really important is someone stopped and took the time to look at this blind man and say, Jesus is coming. Because he asked them, what's going on? And they stopped and they said, Jesus is coming. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant, what's going on? And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. That many times we fail to stop and speak to that blind beggar. Many times people might ask us, what's going on? Why are you doing these things? And we don't take the simple time to be like, we are here in this place right now because Jesus is going to pass by. Jesus is coming. Belief in Jesus Christ. That's what this blind beggar had. He said, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, why? Why did he say those words? Why did he say, Jesus, thou son of David? What I believe that this blind beggar had was some knowledge. He had some knowledge. He heard that Jesus was coming by, and he said, Jesus, thou son of David. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, the Bible says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel, to testify unto me these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. That Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He was referred to as the Son of Man. He was referred to as the Son of David. And I believe that this blind beggar, when he heard that Jesus was coming, knew who Jesus was, had some knowledge of who Jesus was, that he might have been taught at, at, at some point in time. And that's why he called out, Thou Son of David. So this man had some knowledge. If you would, I'd like to go ahead and turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. I was going to just speak on that and narrow it down, but I think it'd be better if we read it really quick. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 21 through 25. <clears throat> Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 21. The Bible says, and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whether they be gone, and, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. Neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols, nor with this detestable, this detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and I will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. Verse 24, And David my servant shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd, they shall also walk in my, my judgments and, and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land and I have, that I have given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. 
That right there is a prophecy of Jesus Christ, speaking there in Ezekiel chapter 37. And many of the Jews at that time understood that. When they saw Jesus, that they believed in Jesus, they understood that he was a prophesied Messiah. He was the prince of David. He was the one king, as it says here in Ezekiel, that was going to rule over them. So if you think about that, there's many times that we see people that could be that blind beggar, but they might have some knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. I know we have experienced it. We speak in him, why are you guys doing the things that you do? We say, well, Jesus is passing by. Like, well, I know Jesus. I believe in Jesus. They've got some knowledge there, but they might not believe completely. They, They might need to go ahead and come to Jesus and receive that sight. That many times when we encounter people like that, they have some knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, like this blind beggar, knowing that Jesus Christ is the son of David. And then he had a cry for mercy. He said, have mercy on me. Romans chapter 9, verse 15 and 16 say, For he hath said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that ruleth, but God that showeth mercy. God shows mercy. Just like, like, like we had talked about this morning, how that communion, that was God showing mercy. Because without Jesus Christ and his death, his broken body and his blood, we would have no hope of eternal life. And we needed that mercy, because if we got judgment... If we got what we deserve as sinful creatures, it would not be good. But the important thing is that the blind beggar believed in Jesus. He knew who Jesus was, and he had cried for mercy because he believed that Jesus Christ could do these things for him. That if you are going to receive your sight and come to Jesus, you must believe that he is, and you must believe that he has that mercy. So the blind beggar here cries out for mercy towards Jesus Christ. And if you imagine, imagine put Put yourself in his shoes. You're the blind beggar. You're sitting there by the roadside. We all know about Jesus. What if we knew Jesus was coming by? Would we cry out? Absolutely. If we knew he was going to show up now, we would cry out and cry out towards Jesus and have mercy on me. But what happened when he did that? He persisted in spite of rebukes. And they which went before him rebuked him that he should hold his peace, but he cried so much the more. And it reminded me of Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 verses 40 and 42, the Bible says, and to him they, they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were kind of worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. So this is a little bit different, different scenario here. But back in Acts, these apostles were going about teaching Jesus Christ, that he, he was the Son of God and performing miracles in his name, miracles that the council could not argue against. There was a man there who was lame in his feet, that he, was, that he was able to walk because of Jesus Christ, and they could not rebuke that. They, there was nothing that they could do. But they didn't want Jesus preached or taught anymore, so they beat the apostles with rods and said, Stop it. We don't want to hear the name of Jesus ever again. And did they stop? No. Because they knew that Jesus was the one that gave them mercy. Jesus was the Son of God. And they did not cease daily to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. So that's the same kind of thing here for blind Bartimaeus. He knew that Jesus Christ was the Son of David. He, he said it. He knew that Jesus Christ could give him what he wanted, and he asked for mercy. And people were telling him to be quiet. Hush. Stop speaking. Jesus is busy. You don't see the mass of people around him. 
You think he has time to stop and talk to you, blind beggar? Did Jesus have time to stop and talk to that blind beggar? Absolutely. Do we have time to stop and talk to a blind beggar? Absolutely. And we should. That he persisted despite of rebukes. And many times people don't want to hear about, about Jesus. But we should be persistent in our cry for mercy as well. Why Jesus? Seems like an obvious question to me as we've already been studying and the audience I'm, I'm speaking to here. But why Jesus? When he saw Jesus, why did he act this way? Why did he just start screaming, calling out, crying out for mercy? Why is he crying out to Jesus? Let's ask another question. Is there any one of us who could have healed him of his blindness? Is there anyone that could heal ourselves of blindness? Is anyone right now could heal someone who is blind? Absolutely not. Is there any one of us that could save someone's soul? Absolutely not. Acts chapter 4 again, verse 12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And remember, this blind beggar is talking about sin, living in darkness. And we want to help people get out of that darkness, get out of that sin. Well, Jesus Christ is it. There's no other way. What was really fascinating, what was really great was the blind beggar knew that. So he started crying out, have mercy on me. He heard that Jesus was coming by and he knew that there was no other name. Then he answered the call. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. So imagine that. Just a minute ago they were telling him, you need to Shut your mouth, basically, is what he's saying. Quit screaming out his name. Stop it. He's a busy man. Then Jesus stops and says, that man that is calling out my name, bring him here. And then they change, and they say, be of good comfort, he calleth thee. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <clears throat> Can you imagine Jesus calling that man? That there were people telling him to hush. And then Jesus said, no, bring that man to me. And they tell him, be of good comfort, he's calling you just like he called each one of us, just like he still calls people out of blindness and darkness today. Jesus is the same now as he was right then, walking on that Jericho road. And then he answers that call, and it said, He casting away his garment rose and came to Jesus. What is, what is so significant about that, casting away his garment? Imagine this blind beggar on this side of the road, perhaps the ratty garment or blanket possibly that he has is his comfort zone. That's all he's got. He's got where he can sit and beg, and he's got some clothing. That's all he's got, and that's his comfort in life, is that blanket, is that clothing, is that garment. But once he hears that Jesus is calling him, he is ready to cast that aside immediately. He takes that garment, he casts it aside where he is vulnerable, out of his comfort zone, running towards Jesus. And it reminded me of Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 through 29. This is where Jesus is walking on water. 
And the Bible says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if thou if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. So Peter's saying, because they thought it might, might be a spirit when they saw Jesus walking to them on the water. And they said, if it's you, Lord, let, let me come out to you. Verse 29, and he said, come. Jesus told Peter, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Can you imagine that? Much like this blind beggar, he can't see anything. He can't see people. He can't see the road. He can't even see Jesus. But Jesus told him to come, and he gets out of his comfort zone, vulnerable, and runs to Jesus. Why? Because he believes that Jesus can give him mercy, that he can do the things that he wants him to do. Just like Peter said, if it is you, Lord, bid me to come, and I'll come. Do you think Peter was more comfortable in that boat? Now, there's a storm. It was dark, but he was still in a boat. He could have hunkered down on the side of the boat. Perhaps Peter had an extra garment that he could hold, that he could have that comfort zone. But once he saw that it was Jesus and Jesus said, come, Peter stepped out of his comfort zone, stepped out on water and walked on water towards Jesus, much like this blind beggar. Receive your sight. What will thou that I should do unto thee? <clears throat> Can you imagine that? That once he gets there, he knows it's Jesus. And Jesus asked him a question. What do you want me to do for you? What if Jesus was here today, standing in front of all of us, and he looked at you, and he said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Is there something that you want? Jesus is asking, is there something that you want? Tell me what you want. What would we say? Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, as we just read, the Bible says, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried, saying, this is Peter still. He came out of his comfort zone. He came out of his comfort zone, going there towards Jesus. But what happens? Many times in, in life, we kind of slip back into that blindness, possibly. Have you ever been there? Have you ever come out of that darkness, and then years later, you kind of start to where you can't see? It kind of starts to fade. You kind of start doing some sinful things again. Just like here, that storm of life is all around Peter. That storm is going, he begins to sink. Peter might be having a hard time seeing now. He's, he's, the storm is going, he's sinking. Maybe he's almost blind at this point. But Peter knew who could save him, just like that blind beggar. So he said, Lord, save me. If Jesus asked that question, what do you want me to do for you? Would that be our our, our answer, our question, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. But here the blind beggar said, What will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. I, I would ask you all to do something for me. I want you to close your eyes really, really tight where you almost can't see anything. And if you need to, put your hands in front of your eyes. Make it as dark as possible. And stay that way for just a second. Imagine living the rest of your life right now in total darkness. You can't see anything. And then Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? What would you say? That I can receive my sight? You may open your eyes now. If you were blind, what is the one thing that you would want most? And it's to see. And brothers and sisters, if we are spiritually blind, 
the one thing that we want the most is so that we can see. So he asked him, what is it that you want me to do? And he says, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And you know what? That was mercy. For him to give that blind man sight back, that was mercy. For us to have our sins washed away and come out of our blind begness that is sin, that's mercy. We should be asking the same thing that blind Bartimaeus is asking. It says here, faith will save you. Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has saved thee. So the blind Bartimaeus, that blind beggar, had faith. And I dare say he had great faith. What do we know about the blind man's faith? We've read both those, those scenarios there. We know that his faith was enough that he believed in Jesus Christ, believed him and understood that he was the son of David. He had such belief and such faith that he cried out for mercy, and then people told him to be quiet. And his faith was strong enough that he didn't listen to them. He kept crying on the more. Lord, save me. Lord, have mercy on me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Did blind Bartimaeus diligently seek Jesus Christ? Absolutely. He heard that he was coming. He was close by. And he started to cry out. He cast away his old life. He cast away his garment, his comfort zone, and came unto Jesus, knowing that there was no other hope for him to have his sight other than Jesus Christ. That's faith. And that's faith that is diligently seeking Jesus. Because if he wasn't diligent, he could have cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him to shoot. He's like, okay, I just want to try that one time. That's not diligently seeking Jesus. We should be diligent in seeking him in our faith. And then he followed Jesus. And followed Jesus in the way. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the Bible, Bible says that he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Does that sound like blind Bartimaeus? Absolutely. He said, deny himself, cast away that, come and follow me daily. That not only did he receive his sight, which was a wonderful, miraculous mercy that was given to him, he went further, he followed Jesus in the way. The blind beggar. Are you, spiritually this, are you spiritually blind this afternoon? Are you spiritually blind today? That we don't know the hearts and minds of people, but are you getting to where you're having a hard time seeing in your spiritual life? What is it you want most, not only in this world, but in the world to come? Like that blind beggar, I'm sure there was nothing else he wanted. He didn't ask for food. He didn't ask for water. He didn't ask for more clothing. He asked to receive his sight. Because it was the one thing that he needed, and it was the one thing that he knew only Jesus Christ could do. We can see, brothers and sisters, even if we have to have glasses, we can see. We can have food, we can have water, we can have clothing. But we cannot save ourselves, and no one can save ourselves for us except Jesus Christ. Much like that beggar, what would you beg for if Jesus Christ was here? If you knew that Jesus Christ was here, what would you beg him for? Would it be to save you, to have mercy on you, that you can receive your sight, that your sins may be forgiven? 
receive your sight. Come unto Jesus, and he will have mercy on you, just like he did on blind Bartimaeus. This afternoon, if you are not a child of God, if you are living in darkness, in sin, like this blind beggar, Jesus Christ is here. Jesus Christ is still coming. And Jesus Christ will have mercy on you. He's the one that can receive your sight and restore your spiritual sight. If you are a child of God and you appear that you are slipping back into that state, and if there's anything that we can help you or pray with you, we would ask that you please come sit on the front pew and make your wishes known as we stand to sing. God is calling the prodigal.